Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. Man, I'm excited to be back with you guys. Let's, uh, let's do something. Let's, let's pray before we start. When we open up the Word, and I'm really excited about just this portion of Word stepping through, but now I, I want the Lord to speak through us. And uh, would you just ask Him just to speak through me? <clears throat> what do you need Him to do for you today? Tell Him. Tell Him. He wants to hear your heart. You don't got to be afraid of what to say, how to say it. Just tell Him. Father, we all want to hear from you today, and we're going to open up your word, and we know that you speak to us there. And Lord, I just pray that if I were to step out of bounds of what your word would say, I just pray it fall on deaf ears. It just wouldn't be heard. Lord, I just pray that you would use uh, your servant today, and you would speak through me. Lord, speak to us in every way that we need. God, I pray for healing in the room today. I pray for salvation in the room today. Lord, I pray for um, maybe understanding of circumstances in the room today. I pray for restoration of relationships in this room today with each other and with you. Lord, you are not far off. You are so near. God, I pray for the grace to believe that today. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, uh, if you've got your scripture today, we're going to start in the book of Philippians. And here's why. For the past five weeks, we talked about uh, bearing one another, your burdens. And I've talked to a lot of people and a lot of people, and especially even in through the life groups, we've talked about, man, I think, I think it took me like five weeks to really think deeply of the fact that I carry a burden and maybe somebody else does around me. And to fulfill the law of Christ is to bear with one another their burdens. That's literally what it means to obey what Jesus said can be summed up like this. Hey, bear with each other the burdens that they carry. You will fulfill Jesus' teaching if you commit your life to that. That's massive, y'all. And I can't say, honestly, the weird thing is I've sat through church a long time for years and I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk about that. Fulfill the law of Christ and bear one another the burden. I never heard it. It's highly impacted me. Just to think about the reality that people around us, man, every single one of us carries a burden one time or another. Every single one of us. And you know what? I'm here for you. Thanks for being here for me. Let's keep going, you know? And so I, as I've thought about that word in Galatians, I thought about the guy who wrote that. And toward the end of uh, Paul is his name, Paul's life, he writes this letter of Philippians and he writes it from jail. And so I'm gonna look at the words of this guy, Paul, who if you were to look on the outside, you would be like, this guy is burdened beyond anything I could imagine. Can you imagine living every waking moment, barely eating any food in a nasty Roman jail, chained to someone else? 
on a stone floor. This is the circumstance that Paul writes this book to this people. Now, if you want to know the context of this book, you can go to Acts chapter 16 if you're biblical scholars out there and you want to like go into the facts. In Acts 16, the church of Philippi actually started. Paul shows up and he finds some people who are Jews worshiping by the river. In that book, it says he meets a woman named Lydia who is basically like an enterprise-ess, like, I mean, she's a wealthy lady who sells purple garments. She find, he finds them and explains the gospel to these people. They receive Jesus and the church of Philippi starts with a lady named Lydia. That plants in the home. And now years later in Paul's life, he's in jail and he wants to encourage all these people who are now reaching many more people than just a home. Okay, we got it. Now let's step in and I want to read the first two verses and I stopped at the first two verses because like, it would take me like two hours for everything that's packed in these sentences just to share with you guys. Listen to this. If you got your scripture, Philippians 1 is kind of like toward the back a little bit. And if you don't know, there's a table of contents in the beginning. You can look over there and it tells you the page number. And if you're really savvy, just pull your phone out and Google it and it's way easier. Okay. Philippians 1, 1 through 2. Check this out. Paul and Timothy, and Paul's writing this with Timothy in his presence, most likely. Servants of Christ Jesus, listen to this. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi. He's writing to all the saints. And a lot of times the New Testament letters are written to, you know, pastors, overseers. He's like, I want to make sure every single person in the church of Philippi reads this and knows it. With the overseers and deacons, deacon that just literally means like a servant in the church, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read that second verse again. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I want to look at two words, grace and peace, and then I want to look at a third thing, where those are found, okay? So listen, that, that word, basically, grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ, from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, is found in this many books. Check this out. Same exact phrase, found in Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 2 John, and Revelation. I think it's a really important phrase I actually don't think there's another phrase that is copied as many times as grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I think this is massive and we shouldn't go past it quickly. Let's not pass it quickly. You know, grace and peace actually go hand in hand. The word grace means favor or credit. It's like an addition to your bank account. Okay, have you ever um, got a bill and not had enough in the bank account? Anybody want to lift a hand? Come on now, people. You with me, anybody? <laughs> you know, you ever not had enough? What's the feeling like? Describe it. It's dread. It's awful. It's, you get the pit in your stomach. Anybody ever hit the lottery in the room? I'm just interested. Anybody? No, 
Okay. Anybody had a surplus of cash come into your account and you get the bill, how do you feel? I just, I don't care. I'm fine. It's good. Grace and peace go hand in hand. And peace, listen to this, peace is always a byproduct of the heart being full. Peace is always a byproduct of the heart being full. And peace is dependent upon whether or not your bank account, your heart account is absolutely full. Paul is saying you have the ability to be absolutely full from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. Hey, your bank account is full if you want it. Anybody want a full bank account? Yo, I want my heart account to be so full, I need nothing else. Jesus said it this way in John 15. I'm the vine, you're the branch. He who abides in me, listen, you're gonna bear a lot of fruit. You're gonna have too much in your heart account to hold it to yourself. It's gonna begin to produce out of your life. If you are connected to his grace and his favor and he's pouring into your account, from your life will flow his life. Now that word grace, I don't have this in my notes, but I think it might be important. I think there's a differentiation between the grace gifts, so the gifts of the Spirit, and the, and the fruit that's produced from the grace of God in our lives. I think a lot of times we look at somebody's life and we're like, man, that guy's life is producing amazing results. And the scripture says that your, your spiritual gift is never revoked, it's never pulled away. But a good indicator of whether or not you are abiding, you're connected to the king, is whether or not the grace is flowing from your life and it's actually producing the, the very character of who God is. And the scripture talks about those, those graces being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and gentleness and self-control. So the word peace is actually a byproduct of the presence of God. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. You can't try harder for it. You gotta receive it. It's by grace. And we're gonna talk in a minute about how to actually have that. But grace and peace are from God, who's the creator. Um, it's important also, the phrase uh, right here, sorry, I've got tripped up in my notes because I went off on that little thing. Philippians says it this way, grace and peace to you from God. From is a very important word. Where a product is from really matters. So I wore my outfit on purpose because these shoes are from a particular place. One of my favorite places in town. Anybody ever shop Marty and Liz? Come on, Marty and Liz. I mean, it's just the way. If you love shoes, go to Marty and Liz. Cheap secondhand shoes, but they like resole them. You know, it's amazing. So I get shoes for like $30. I love shoes. I have too many. But where you shop matters because anybody who shops Marty and Liz knows. If you buy it, it's yours. You can't bring it back, you know? You ever go to those places and you get the product and they go, hey, you like it? You sure? Because you can't bring it back, right? My other guilty pleasure though is Lowe's. Anybody ever try to return something at Lowe's? You can use that thing for 10 years and bring it back. They will take it. 
So you look behind that counter and you're like, who did that? That's awful. Because surely you got that at the Dollar General. You used it for 10 years and you brought it back and said, I got it here, you know? Anybody with me? You've seen it at Lowe's? Their return policy is amazing. So the difference in my shopping at Marty and Liz versus Lowe's is drastically different because I'll go into Lowe's and be like, I'll try it. If it don't work, I'll bring it back, right? It don't matter. Come into Lowe's, fill the cart. I'll bring back half later, you know? So I spent way too much money at Lowe's. But where you get that product from really matters. And what this is saying is, listen to this. Grace and peace to you, all the saints, from God. It's from the creator, y'all. It's from the original designer. It's from the one who had the power to speak out and be like life, light, man, woman, like from him. And as I've processed through this, y'all, I, I want to grow in awe and I want to believe that more. I want to believe it matters. And listen, like, as I was singing that second song, it was talking about, may we like praise you now, like we'll praise you before the throne of heaven. Did anybody get the image of that? Was anybody like disturbed by their reaction? I was disturbed by my reaction. Because like, I'm singing that second song, like, I don't want to live in condemnation. That's not what I'm trying to do here. But as I thought about it, I thought more about what everybody else would think around me. And I'm telling you, like, as I thought about that, I was, like, concerned. I'm like, I care more about what these people actually think about me than what I would actually do if that was my reality. I'm standing before the throne room of God, and he's standing there, or he's sitting there high and lifted up, and everybody is singing praise. I think I would just get wrecked, y'all. And I want this to wreck me so bad, but do you know what I think? I think sometimes we're so connected to the things that are not of his spirit that we're not wrecked by his spirit. You know what I mean? I'm wrecked by my circumstance because I'm so involved in it. I'm wrecked by the emotion of what somebody did to me because I care so much what she thinks about me or what he thinks about me. And I'm so far removed from the spiritual things of God that honestly, honestly, it just feels far off. Does it feel like it matters? And can we just go get a beer, y'all, and have peace? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, really, like, that's what Paul literally says. If Christ did not raise from the dead, then listen, eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow we die. It doesn't matter. But the reality that he lives transforms everything. And that picture has to become bigger in our minds and our soul than anything else, because it is true, y'all. And if you don't believe the resurrection is true, you need to go figure out if it's true and if you actually believe it. But don't play the church game because you don't got time. And who cares? Who cares? Why are you here if you don't care? And I'm not trying to shame you. Like, if this is your first time, like, welcome. You're searching. It's an honor you're here. But if you've been here for years, and you're like, I don't care. I'm just here. Like, Why? Go get a beer and just chill, you know? You don't care. I mean that. But I mean that to me. I've, I want to be in awe. And what we committed here together is, guys, we would help one another get to that place of awe. And so I would just say, like, I need to backtrack a little bit. I don't, I don't want to seem like I'm just like, 
idiots, you know. I'm saying like, we're on this path to grow in awe. And I, I want your help to grow in awe in my life. And I want to be that in your life. And together, guys, I wanna be so filled with his grace that his life is produced in and through my life and your life. Because here, guess what? If Jesus' life comes out in our life, the results of his life are gonna show up in Knoxville. Just know it. You can't hide it. You can't hide Jesus, man. When you've connected to him, you won't wanna hide it, you know? But grace and peace are from God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's why it's so important. First John 2 says, my dear little children, I'm writing this to you so that you won't sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who's truly righteous. Y'all, this is good news. This is why the bank account can stay full. Because when you struggle and you fall and you stumble, here's the truth. The King, Jesus, who loves you and died for you, stands before his father. He's like, yo, I got her. Hey, I got, I got her. I'm pleading her case. And her case is my righteousness. I handed to her because she called on my name. Him, I got him too. I know he's stumbling and falling, but I'm working on him. I'm pressing in. I'm reaching to him. I'm calling him. He's beginning to respond. I got him. He's in me. She's in me. Think about the magnitude of that. Do you rest in your work or do you rest in Jesus' work who never sleeps nor slumber and he stands before his father. He's like, I got her, I got him. Do you step into worship thinking about that reality that he's got you? That's why we worship. It's hard to worship sometimes when we step out of the truth and we make our own truth. When we start trying to say, man, I stumbled today, I really, I really struggled this week. And we don't even think about Jesus. He's not my focus, I am. And all along, Jesus says, I gave you my righteousness. Those broken pieces aren't broken anymore, they're whole. What are you talking about? Do you feel broken? Are you in Christ? You're not. So stop, feeling, stop being broken, you're not. You're not broken. You're like, well, you know, I really struggled this week. It must be broken. Jesus is advocating for you, saying he's not broken. My righteousness is given to them. If you believed you weren't broken, I believe you would live a different life. If I believed I wasn't broken, I think I would live a different life a lot of times. I'd be different to my wife. I'd be different to my friends. I'd be different to the grocery store. Come on now. Is this resonating with you? Man, it resonates with me. He advocates for us. The one, listen, the one who is truly righteous. Do you know how many of us are truly righteous? No one. Me neither. I stand up here by the grace of God. That's why I'm excited about Jesus. I'm thankful for him. And I want to grow in that with you guys. Listen to this. If we aren't kept awake at the reality of God's grace and peace, we will stay awake looking for it. <gasps> Listen. If we aren't kept awake at the reality of God's grace and peace, we will stay awake 
looking for it. Some of us stay awake looking for peace. Some of us will search for peace in the drink at night. Some of us will search for companionship in the night. Some of us will find it through sexual desire or look for it. We will look for it in a drug. We will look for it in a change. We will look for it in a purchase. We will look for it in a binge. We will stay awake looking for peace. And if you stay awake looking for peace, I have some great news. Grace and peace to you who are in Christ, all the saints. This is yours and it's your right to receive. Receive it. Now, where is grace and peace found? Very important phrase. To all the saints in Christ Jesus is what it says. Where is grace and peace found? In those who are in Christ Jesus. Many people don't experience the full peace because we've asked Jesus into parts or events of our life, but we haven't accepted his invitation into his life. You hear that? Some of us struggle with peace because we've said, Jesus, come into my life, and we give certain pieces and elements of our life, and we go, you can have this now. And Jesus is a big part of my life. This is people saying, Jesus is standing, calling, knocking at the door, said, would you come into my life? Would you have my righteousness? Would you take my life upon your life? Jesus said, in fact, if you try to save your own life, you'll never actually have life. You must lose your life for my sake and you will find life. Come into my life. Don't ask me to come into yours. That's what he's saying. What are you talking about, me come into your life? You lose your life. I don't want to come into a part of your life. You think you have a better idea than the Lord Jesus Christ, the creator of heaven and earth? Guys, God isn't stingy. He wants to give you full peace. But, but he's not bartering with you. He's offering to you. I will give you all that I am. But give me all that you, you are. And if you will get, let me, if you will, if you will come to me, if you will accept my life, Grace and peace, the account will be filled beyond measure. Peace will be the result, and the fruits of the Spirit will begin to be produced in our life as we continue just to say, here I am. Most people search for peace in two ways. Rules, or not many rules. Rules, or the fight against rules. Many people search for peace in those two ways. And I don't know about you, I've tried both a little bit, more so not the rules, not a real fan of rules, but I haven't, I never found it. I found satisfaction for a moment and then I found misery later, pain and hurt. And I was so sure of myself and I was so sure I was right. I messed up more times than I can count by making up my own rules. No rules and rules. In Philippians 3, Paul actually starts out as a guy who lived according to perfect law, the rules of the Bible. Like the Old Testament, he lived it better. He says better than anybody. Listen to what he says. He starts off with this list. And he starts off with a list about how he didn't even have anything to do with this first part. Like his parents 
did all the right things, so he was considered right by the law because of what his parents did, not even his own actions. So he's like double right. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old, according to the law. I'm a pure blood citizen of Israel, a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. He was captivated by Jesus, man. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake. Listen to this. I've discarded everything else. I've counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with himself depends upon faith. It's not on you. It's on trusting him. This is the way to rightness. This is the way to peace in our heart. This is the way that grace floods in like a fire hydrant and fills you up overflowing. It's on Jesus. Let's step in and worship. And how often does this reality move us to the place of worship, worship in our car, worship in the morning, worship in the evening? Verse eight and nine are so key. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage. What if you, anybody worked hard to get where you are? Anybody just worked, I mean, you worked your life, right? Starting in kindergarten. <laughs> Some of us. You know, I mean, you worked hard. Think about this. Starting at the earliest of age, he worked. He worked till he got to manhood where everybody looked at him and was like, that guy did it better. I mean, he's incredible. Can you imagine letting all that go and be like, garbage? He literally uses almost like a profane word. It's like the sludge that goes down the street that cleans out the toilets with. That's what he's really saying. I consider all my achievements to be the sludge that moves down the street, you know? Can you imagine saying that? In comparison with knowing Jesus, man, I don't care about nothing. And it's like garbage that flows down the street because nothing matters in the face of Jesus. It doesn't matter. This sounds like a madman talking, right? For his sake, I have discarded everything else and counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. Do not miss what the verse is saying. I've counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. If you want Jesus to come into your life, you will never experience the fullness of his peace. He stands inviting you into his life. And he wants to give you all the access of heaven, all of his presence, all of his being, he wants to give to you as a free gift. And he's not stingy. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to give you more than you could ever do on your own. That's why he won't help you down a road of chaos. You want him to enter your life, you'll just take him into chaos. He, won't, he doesn't want to give that to you. He wants to wait, and if you will step into his life and his call on your life, you will have peace beyond measure. You'll have his presence beyond belief. 
Come into his life. That's the invitation that Jesus gives. Grace is available. Peace is available. Grace and peace to all those in Christ Jesus. There's two reminders today. Maybe you need grace and peace. It's available to you. Maybe you need the reminder. Those of you in Christ, grace and peace are yours. Receive that view. What's taking the center stage of your life? I'm gonna ask the band to come and I'm gonna finish with this. I read this story not long ago. One of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Bill Wilson, published his correspondence with a psychiatrist, Carl Jung. And he thanked Carl Jung for his contribution to Alcoholics Anonymous. And he said, you have no idea the important role that you played in forging of the famous 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. You were treating a man named Roland H. And you said, hey, Roland, you're a hopeless alcoholic. There's nothing more I can do for you except take your money. And I don't want to do that. Roland asked you, is there anything else I can do? Anything, he said. Jung said, yes, there is something you can do. You can have a religious conversion, a religious experience. And this Roland did. At the same time, Bill, who actually started Alcoholics Anonymous, was a struggling alcoholic. And Bill says, my doctor told me that I was a hopeless alcoholic. And I said, is there anything that I can do? And at just that time, which is the providence of God is amazing. Chances are he's already placed people and stuff in your life to help you right where you are. He said he was reading a book by William James. It's called A Variety of Religious Experiences. And he says, I noticed at the bottom of every religious experience was the turning your life over to God. That surrender point to God is what he said. So I went home and here's what he said. I said, God, I don't know if I even believe in you, but if you're there, if you're there, God, will you please help me? In that moment, he says, I knew I was healed. It was in a moment. It was an instant. He wasn't stingy. He was on time. He was right there. I knew that I was healed from the addiction and the addiction was broken. That I was a free man, maybe for the first time in my whole life. A movie about Bill Wilson came out and it's about how Bill experienced the peace of God, the strength of God, but at the price, listen, of surrender, of turning his life over to God, that is the very important moment. To experience the reality of God in prayer is that moment of surrender. Surrender. Do you want to be filled with his peace? Do you need his presence? How do you get his presence? You need to change your life. You need to change what you do. His presence comes because of the righteousness of Jesus who wants to give it to you for free. And the way you get it is not by inviting him into your life. It's receiving his invitation into his life. 
And he says, everybody who needs, come to me. I want to give it to you. I want to give it to you. But you have to come like this. And listen, believers, we come like this every moment and we learn to live like this. And if you learn to live like this, he will flow from you like this. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control will be being a byproduct of a life of surrender. It's right here. That's all it is. And you want to know with every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So when the grace of God comes upon your life, you have no ability to hold it back. You just must give it back. Do you need peace today? He wants to give it to you. But by faith, if you need peace, if you need his love, you need his joy, you need his presence, you need grace to fill your bank because your bank is low, tell him, come to Jesus, who is the full bank he wants to give it to you. Right where you are, that's you today. Those of you in Christ, grace and peace are yours from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace are yours. You got it. Have it. If you're in here and you need, you're struggling with belief and you don't know the next step to take, you don't know what to do, do what Bill did. Jesus, I don't even know if you're there, but if you're there, would you help me blank? What is the thing? What's the thing that you need? He'll do work now. And then what he gives to you, let's praise him and exalt him. Because grace and peace is ours in Christ Jesus, those of us in Christ Jesus, would you stand and we're gonna respond in song and we're just gonna exalt him because it's true. Maybe even if you don't feel like it's true, bring to him an act of worship, a response of saying, God, I'm not even feeling peaceful right now, but because I know it's true, I'm gonna step in and just begin to exalt you because peace is mine. The grace of God is mine because of your work, not mine. Begin to preach that message to yourself and receive today. Open hands and receive the free gift of God and let it flow down onto your life. He will pour out his presence upon you. Father, I pray, God, I pray for freedom in this room. God, I pray for the grace of those of us who feel deserving to hold on tight, to hold on tight to bitterness and anger, to hold on tight to our own pain, our own hurt, our own works, our own effort because we've worked really hard. We've obeyed really well. And God, I pray for the grace today to let go. And Lord, I pray that you would meet. I know you will. I know you will. You will meet every person right where they are. And Lord, we exalt you for that because you are kind and gentle. You don't treat us like we treat ourselves. You don't treat us like anybody has ever treated us before. You are kind and loving God who sees us right where we are, who understands us deeply and loves us anyways. Would you stand and sing this praise together?